Welcome or welcome back to Both Sides of the Barricade. This week we have a very special guest on. We have Miss Diamante. I'm so excited to have her on. She's an amazing American alternative and rock singer. She just released her second studio album, American Dream, on May 7th, and it's amazing. I love, you know, the singles that you put on it, Ghost Myself and the Iris cover, Amazing with Breaking Benjamin. Other than that, if there's anything you'd like to say before we get started, I'm really excited for this interview. <laughs> ah, so am I. Just that I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And yeah, this um, this last month of American Dream being out has been a whirlwind. So I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so stoked. So yeah, yeah I'm sure I cannot imagine how those songs are going to sound live. I'm very excited for you to be able to play them live. <laughs> no. I like to start out the episodes with a little bit about the artists, like relationship with their fans. So if you want to talk a little bit about how you connect with your fans and just your fan base in general, go ahead. Yeah. I absolutely love, love my fans. And one of the things I miss the most about touring and doing real shows is that I was always notorious for like setting up shop in like a random concession stand or just like a random hallway if it was Mm -hmm. in an arena building and just standing there and saying hi to as many people as possible. Like whoever wanted to come say hi, take a photo, I would just stand there. You know, I don't do like the the VIP meet and greet thing. I just love going out there and just talking to everyone. And yeah. so I miss getting to like, sign the babies and sign the titties and, <laughs> and talk to people and see how maybe a song of mine has helped them in some way or, or changed their life in some way. Because to me, that's the whole reason I do this. Absolutely. So I, I love being accessible with them and interactive with them. And then on social media, I'm like, we have these... Facebook groups where we talk about like tacos because they know how much I love tacos and <laughs> it's, it's so much fun and I, I miss the like in-person interaction I can't wait for that to happen again yeah me too I mean as a fan like that was my favorite thing about going to a lot of shows because I mean when artists are just starting out and they're you're playing like smaller shows or when you're opening for another artist and you know maybe not everyone is like there to see you but you have like yeah. your diehard fans who are it's nice to be able to like you know, mingle with them a little bit after your set or whatever. Cause that was something that yeah. I always do. I would go to see shows just to see the opener and then they'd like hang out after. I'm like, Oh my God, this is actually so nice. Cause you know, most yeah. of the people are still in there and I get to like hang out with you a little bit one-on-one. So that's always really nice. And I'm sure your fans cannot wait to, I mean, any artist that has put out music in the past year, I'm just like dying to see them. Perform. I <laughs> I'd also love to know a little bit about your uh, relationship with music growing up and kind of what you listened to throughout like your childhood. And then once you started developing your own taste, especially since your music is like very different from a lot of the artists that I've had on previously. So I'd love to hear some of your influences when you were younger. Yeah. So what's really funny is I grew up on like the Disney channel and pop music. And when I was around like 11, 12 years old, I discovered like that early 2000s pop rock and that was the holy grail for me yeah um, the first like real cd i ever bought when well, i didn't buy it my parents bought it but like i was like like dad i really want the cd we were like in borders in boston where i grew up and it was the avril lavigne let go cd and i, I had that too and yep and <laughs> my world changed it changed and so then i discovered pink and then um you know Katy perry was just coming out yeah and, and who else like ashley simpson and Lindsay lohan and all yeah. these like early 2000s pop rock girls and that's what I would sing along to every day in my room for hours and hours and hours and it wasn't until 
I was like maybe 15 that I discovered Paramore, which oh, yeah. then led to the like Hailstorm and The Pretty Reckless. And that's who I was listening to in high school. And when I was 14, I did this School of Rock summer camp here in LA. And that was the first time I heard like real rock music because I wasn't exposed to it when I was younger. My parents mm-hmm. didn't really listen to it. My siblings didn't listen to it. So I go to the summer camp and I discover bands like Blondie and Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. And you have to cover all these songs at the end of the summer camp. And when I did that first like rock show with these songs, I was stuck. I'm like, this is what I want to do forever. So I'm funny because even today I listen to every type of genre. And when I'm writing music, even though it is, you know, rock alternative music, I still draw from pop songs all the time, especially melodically. I'm always thinking like, wow, that's such a cool pop melody. How can we somehow interweave that into a rock song? And Mm -hmm. so, and even like a song like American Dream, it's got like country in it. So it's all this mixture of things that I listen to that make it me, which I love about this album. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like the rock elements that like the older rock bands, like you kind of assume like, oh, you know, my parents listen to that. So like, that was something yeah. I listened to, but it is so interesting that like pop was really like a main influence for you because I mean, I was the same way. My, I remember having the let go CD and like, even like Avril Lavigne in general, I remember thinking that like lyric sheets weren't a thing. Like you couldn't look up the lyrics to a song. So like, I remember listening to like complicated over and over and like writing down the lyrics just because I, <laughs> I don't even know why I did that. Like I just wanted to, but I can totally understand like being obsessed with the. I just, my parents really exposed me to that. My dad, especially because he really wanted me to listen to like strong female artists and like have that kind of That's music cool. to like, relate to and look up to. Um, so I really appreciated that as a kid because, you know, he showed me like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and like Paramore and all these bands that you were talking about and artists. And it's just so interesting how that now affects you, especially because you don't make like, true like bubblegum pop or by any means so like the fact that those pop artists from the 2000s who were taking so much influence from like rock and alternative really influenced you and I think that that's I think that's amazing because I love any like rocker like badass girl like making music I just love it so I that's another reason I was so excited to talk to you because I read some of your interviews and watched some videos and hearing your like influences from like Avril and Paramore I'm like oh I know we'll get along because that's what I was listening to so yeah. that's cool. I think it was also because growing up as a kid, I was very shy. Like, I mean, oh, even to this really? day, if I don't know you, it maybe it takes like a second for me to, to like warm up to you. Unless I'm on stage, that's a completely different mm-hmm. thing. But like just in everyday life, I'm pretty reserved, a little shy. But when I was a kid, that was to the max. Yeah. And so when I discovered these women who were like so confident and just out there and the, their voices were like this this cool gritty thing yeah. I just remember thinking like I want to be like these women yeah and so it they just inspired me so much yeah. and honestly if you listen to those early 2000s pop rock songs they they are pop but like there's so much guitar in it oh yeah you totally. never hear now in, in pop music so that's yeah. why I love it too I know I my dad talks about that too like there's no guitar I feel like in pop music now I mean I there are like some artists coming out today who yeah. are doing that now again. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Cause I do, yeah. love, I love a guitar. You said you went to that rock, um, the school of rock camp. And then after that, did you start performing more? Um, or was that something that you did later on? After the school of rock camp, um, what's really cool is when I first started out, my mom was basically my manager. Mm-hmm. She was like my momager and she was all in it with me. She knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I, 
am incredibly lucky that I had a parent like that because that's not always the case. But no. she, um, she helped me find like producers here in LA and songwriters. And I started working with producers when I was like 14, 15, definitely more on the pop side because, you know, I'm this young girl and they're not thinking like, yeah, she's going to rock and roll. That's what we're yeah, yeah. So it was definitely more pop, but I started playing shows with these original songs all along the Sunset Strip. So when I was 14, my first real concert where it wasn't like playing just covers was the Whiskey A Go-Go. Wow, dude, that is crazy. So bad, but it was such a cool experience. And I just, I kept doing that. And I did like the Roxy and I'd have my high school friends come out to the shows or I did the Key Club back when that existed. And then I started kind of expanding to Orange County because there's a big like rock circuit down there, especially for younger kids. You know, all these kids my age were playing these shows and the parents were coming out and, and doing like places like Chain Reaction. So I was doing that for a while until I was 18. And that's when I ended up going on my first tour. But before that, it was all like just local shows here in L.A. Wow. That's so interesting because that's like those like older bands. Like, I mean, I watched like the Motley Crue movie that came out like pretty recently. And like, that's what it reminds me of, which is just so crazy because you don't get a lot of that, like starting in just like one city and playing a bunch of shows around there. I feel like it's very much like you make music and then like when you can tour, you tour. Like I've, yeah, it's rare today that you play like a bunch of little clubs in one city. So that's really interesting, especially like a whiskey, whiskey, a go-go. Like those (laughs) are such like iconic venues. That's crazy. So that's really cool. What was your first tour then? Okay, my first tour ever, I was 18 and it was Revolver Magazine, they put it on. It was called like the Hottest Chicks in Hard Rock Tour. And it was me, a band called The Agonist, you're like they're very heavy, a band called Fit for Rivals and Flyleaf. And nice. it was like all, you know, woman tour basically. And it was so much fun. And that was when I, like I knew that I loved being in a crappy van and touring the entire country and eating gas station food yep. and sleeping in like really terrible motel beds. I loved every second of it. It's definitely an experience that not many people get. So, I mean, because I went to school for music business, I'm like, one day I like want to go on a tour just to like experience yeah. it. But like, obviously I'm not an artist myself, um, but I just think like tour life looks really fun. I mean, I'm sure it's very exhausting, but it looks very fun. How would you describe now? Because I mean, you're two albums in now how would you describe where you are now in your career versus you know when you first started oh my gosh it feels like light years yeah. <laughs> and honestly you know I'm, I'm 24 now so it, it's not like it has been that long of time yeah no but I think and when I put out my first album I was 21 but I when I wrote that album I was really 19 and so the music from that album compared to the music from this past album, even though it was just like a three year difference, mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in, you're in your early twenties, you go through three lifetimes. Yeah. Every single year is a lifetime of life experience. So even though I'm still very grounded, I still have the same values and I still have the same aspirations. And I always remind myself, like, why did you start in the first place? I feel like I'm also on the other side, a completely different person because of the lessons I've learned, because of the experiences I've gone through, but I'm grateful for all of it. Also, I wanted to say, I mean, I have a question about this later on, but congratulations on graduating. I just graduated this year as well. So I just wanted to say that. Um, That's very exciting. (laughs) Yes. So I also loved that I was talking to another college grad. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. With quarantine, how has that affected your career? And like, I'm sure the 
album creation process took part a little bit during quarantine. So how did that affect your creative process and how you worked and everything? Honestly, I think that had it not been for this last year, I wouldn't have graduated college because I wouldn't have been able to go to school full time. Yeah. But I would not have this album because back in 2020, like right before the lockdown, the idea was, okay, I'm going to just release songs one at a time. And that's yeah. kind of what I was doing with um, Obvious and Serves You Right and Ghost Myself. Mm-hmm. I was just releasing songs as they were being created because I knew that, okay, I'm going to be back on tour in no time. Yeah. And then when everything <laughs> happened, I was like, okay, I can't do that. So yeah. I might as well just keep writing. And that's what I did. And a lot of the songs on American Dream were actually written during quarantine here in this living room. Yeah. So had it not been for this last year, this album would not be what it is right now. And I don't think I would have a full album to put out. So it definitely changed a lot of what I thought was going to be the course. It's yeah. <laughs> completely wrecked it. But I always try to see the silver lining and everything. And so in a way, I'm glad that I was able to just reflect here in this living room you know, have memories and feelings that I was maybe suppressing because when I'm on tour, I'm not thinking about, oh, you know, the person who broke my heart three years ago or these deep insecurities that I haven't really faced yet. I'm just having fun and I'm playing shows. And so being stuck here at home, I had to really face all these things. And I started writing songs like Unlovable and, uh, you know, Hopeless. And yeah, I think me being stuck at home is totally the reason why the album is the way that it is. And yeah, I, the biggest challenge for me too was prior to the lockdown, I had made so much of like, what tours have I done and what tours am I going to do and what shows have I played as my, like, that's my identity. That's who yeah. I am. That's what I do. And so when that was all taken away, I had a major, major identity crisis. Oh, yeah. And I had to sit there and say, okay, so who am I? Like, who am I if I'm not touring? Who am I if I'm not playing shows? Because I had, put so much of my self-worth and and everything into just that and so I had to kind of rediscover the human being part of me too it was good in the end but it was hard (laughs) I'm I can only imagine so now that things are finally looking like they're getting back to normal with shows coming back I cannot believe it and you have some festivals lined up right do you have like a festival date coming up yeah they're in September, but oh, okay. one of them is Incarceration Festival, which is like the Tattoo Music Festival. I've never done this one. I'm so excited to do. And the other one is Louder Than Life, which is another one I've never That's done. Yeah. And the damn playing, it's like Nine Inch Nails, but then also Snoop Dogg, <laughs> and also like Machine Gun Kelly. It's awesome. The lineup is so eclectic. So I know it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be sick. Now I have a few like inter- interview type questions. Um, the first one is about college. So since you just graduated, I wanted to ask how it's been balancing life as an artist and a student. Cause I, I did interview one other artist who was in college and I'm just like, I can't even fathom <laughs> the idea of like having two full-time lives basically. Like, cause you have the artist side, which is a full-time job your entire life. And then the student job, like, I mean, I don't even know how I was able to do it and I'm not even an artist. So how was that for you? It was definitely interesting. Um, when I was in high school, I was, you know, I was playing those shows and I was doing, and I was still making music and I was writing, like not at all at the capacity that I am now, but I was still doing that in high school. So I struggled a lot with kind of having to explain to teachers like why I have to miss this quiz this day. It's because I yeah. have a show and they weren't always understanding. So that was hard for me. But in college, what I did was 
I would do a semester of school knowing that I had no tours booked, nothing like that. I would still write and do writing sessions, but I was able to at least, okay, I can do a writing session this day and I drive to school that day. And I just like spaced it out like that. But whenever I did have a tour, I would leave college and say, I'm doing like a short leave of absence. And that's what I did for six years, just so that I could do both. And, uh, and then this last year with no shows, I was able to just do school full time. And even though it was really challenging, because, you know, I went for business. And so like the, the workload was a lot. And um, I was still making American Dream at the same time. But the cool thing is that no matter what project or paper I got, I always made it about the music industry, mm-hmm. like music business. So everything was fun for me. And I was actually getting to learn things that I could apply then to my own career mm-hmm. and then vice versa. And uh, it was like, I was doing this album release campaign simultaneously while I was doing this degree. So I was yeah. doing it in real time. So it was fun. It didn't feel like too much and then the fact that I graduated and the album came out in the same week it was like so fulfilling and yeah gratifying like oh all that work totally oh my god that's like a Hannah Montana thing you know like (laughs) especially because in high school I was bullied a lot for wanting to do music yeah you know you're a kid and you're doing something that everyone else is not doing it's like you're weird what like you really think you're gonna be a singer really Mm -hmm. that was the sort of reaction I got so when I went to college I was like I'm not telling anyone what I do I'm just a normal girl who has blue hair and that's all you know (laughs) and it was so much easier well and you were saying that you made a lot of your assignments my degree literally is music business so I'm sure we have a lot of like similar assignments or similar like things that we learn and so how important was it for you to like get a degree? Because I mean, a lot of people who are artists, they're just like, oh, I don't care about college. Like, I'm just going to go and do my artist thing. But was it important for you, like you were saying, to be able to apply that knowledge like to your music career as well? Yeah, it was a number of things. The first one being that my mom, she graduated from college when she was 32 with four kids. So like she did the impossible and she's always inspired me. And even though I was told, from both sides, my music people would tell me, don't go to school, that's a waste of your time, you need to be focused on music. And school would tell me, you need to be focused on school, that this is like the rational thing to be focused on. And I never listened to either of them because I saw my mom and what she did and I went to my mom's college graduation. So I I wanted to do do like the impossible too. And then um, the other reason being that even though like I could have gone to school for music, I figured this is what I do regardless so yeah. I want to go to school for something that would help me be more in the know because the industry I'm in is a business. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important for artists to know the business side too, just so that they're not getting screwed over every two seconds. Exactly. You yeah. know what's going on with their own careers or their own finances. It's so important. So that's also a huge reason why I was like, I need to learn this stuff. Yeah. That's, and that's so smart. So many artists like don't think that they need to know that stuff. And then, you know, with all of these contracts and deals and everything going on, it's like, it is really easy to get, you know, the short end of the stick there. So that's really important and definitely something that other artists, if anyone's listening, (laughs) should take note of at least to like educate yourself, even if it's not at college to like learn a little bit about the industry that you're going into, because you definitely need to know like what you're getting into because it's a lot. And I didn't even know going into it. I loved 
you know, shows and going to concerts and being a fan of music, I had no idea like how much that like, unless you're in it, you really have no idea how that yeah. that stuff works. So I think it's kind of cool because I feel like I'm in on a little secret <laughs> when I learned yeah, that. It's like this small exclusive club. But yeah. It's, if you're an artist, it's so beneficial to be in that club. Totally. So you know, oh, they know what they're doing. They know what's going on. Yeah. We can't manipulate or take advantage of them. I wanted to know how has the album creation process of American Dream been like versus your first album now that you're independent? How has like creative freedom come into play or like working with, you know, new people, anything like that? You know, how has that been? I'm sure it's been very different. Oh my gosh. It was, it was different in a lot of ways, but the one similar thread is that Howard Benson produced my first album and then produced this new one as well. And we added Neil from Three Days Grace. So we were kind of like a trio team this time. Yeah. Whereas like the first round, it was label was very much involved, obviously with the making of the album and we yeah. had the A&R. And whenever I would send songs, they would first go to Howard, who then sent them to the A&R, who sent them to that person, to that person, to that person. It was like this whole chain oh, of people yeah. that the music had to go through. And I didn't have a whole lot of say on how the album sounded, um, who I got to write with, who I got to collaborate with, the name of the album, the album cover, like a lot of things are just yeah. not your say because they're the ones who are funding everything. And if you're, it's your first album and you're first starting out, you really do have to play by their rules. And the pressures that first time around was, man, I need to do a good job. I need to please everyone. I don't want to let anyone down. Yeah. And then this time around, it was really just me, Howard and Neil getting to say, okay, we like this song for the album, or maybe this song needs work, or maybe the song is not good enough compared to the other songs. And I was so hands-on yeah. with how the album sounded. I was so hands-on visually with how the music videos were made. Um, the album cover, like I pretty much designed it myself and then had my friend Kaylee like help me finalize the vision. Yeah. But it was so much fun this time around to really get to be able to be a part of every aspect of the album. And it makes it so much more rewarding then when it does, when it does come yeah. out, like you were saying, it was the same week as your graduation. That is crazy. Yeah. Was that purposeful or was that just like how it, you know, worked out with everything finishing up? Everything I knew was going to end towards like spring, summer. Yeah. It so happened. I was, I graduated on May 1st and I was like, hmm, May 7th, that's kind of a cool release date. A, because it's the same week as my graduation and B, because lucky number seven. And then, so I wanted to ask this, a lot of women in the music industry find themselves on the receiving end of a lot of comparison, especially in a male dominated genre, industry in general. Um, is this something that you've dealt with and does it flatter or annoy you? I think- from a sonic perspective, it flatters me, especially when they're like, oh, you know, she has a little bit of this in her voice or that in her voice. And they're artists that I really like. So I'm like, yeah. okay, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. But then when it's more just visual, like, oh, like just no matter what your hair color is, they'll say, oh, she's exactly like this other female artist, even though like every male artist has the exact same yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> like exact, but if, it's almost like, in if you're a woman and you have a hair color it's like only one allowed per hair color yeah one else has that hair color yeah and no. it's just not even something that's discussed with men that's what I find so interesting like they don't even talk about how men look in bands they didn't care like not at all what the guy's hair color is or how the hair guys or sorry how his hair is styled but yeah. that's like a huge topic when it comes <laughs> to the other side so that one is like okay there's more to us than just our hair color 
Yeah, exactly. Oh God. That's why I asked. I was like, I just know that like, especially in, in the genre that you're in, as long as you know that you're doing your thing, like, and I, that's what I love about female artists is like, they always try to lift each other up, especially yes. in this industry. Like so many of the, the artists that I love are people who like have other female collaborators or they literally like, they're always supporting their like female artist friends. And it's just amazing. Cause I, that's my, the one thing that I love so much about the industry that I'm in is that, you know, women kind of get the short end of the stick, but it's also like, we always lift each other up and, you know, try to promote each other as much as possible. And I think that's amazing. So, okay. Uh, another question. What is your, fa- what was your favorite song to create for American Dream and which song are you most looking forward to performing? For me, I think it was most fun to write American Dream because it was the last song written for the album. Oh, wow. And at this point in the writing stage, I was like, okay, so you have pretty much every song done. This is the last song you're going to do what do you want to do that you haven't done already? Like, is there any last kind of experimental stuff you want to mess around with or things you want to say or styles you want to try? And that's why American Dream is like this this blend of pop and alternative and yeah. rock and that country. And I wrote it with Taylor Carroll and I was like, I just kind of want to do whatever. Like, let's just have fun with this. And especially because the album as a whole is more serious, um, talking about like darker topics or yeah. heartbreak, betrayal, low self-esteem. So I really wanted like a fun song on this album too. And that that was the product of American Dream. And it was so much fun to just get to do kind of whatever I wanted to do. And as far as live, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. Unfuck you, this, yeah. that song. It's a little bit on the heavier side and it's also like kind of has a dance vibe to it. So I think live, that one's going to be so much fun to do and I'm just going to go nuts. Yeah. I think the crowd will love it too. Like that's one I would have, I would be really excited to hear. So, okay. Last question. Um, How do you hope people feel when they hear your music, especially American Dream? I hope that when people hear my music, like selfishly, I hope that they're able to see Diamante the person because on my first album, it was more like, this is an introduction to me as an artist. Mm -hmm. This time around, because everything was so autobiographical and personal, I want whoever listens to this album to be like, okay, that's exactly who she is. This has been her life the last three years. I know exactly like who this person is, not as an artist, but as a human too. And then on the unselfish side, I would love that, you know, if someone listens to a song like Unlovable or Ghost Myself, they're able to kind of face their own insecurities or if they have ever felt the same way to overcome it by just singing about it in their car or talking about it because that's what it did for me by by just openly talking about something that was a deep insecurity or a painful experience and putting it into a song I was able to just let go yeah I I just got it out there and so songs like ghost myself when I hear people say man, I felt like that too. And that song has really helped me realize that I'm not alone in that feeling. Yeah. I hope that's what people get from this album. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure already, I mean, I was listening to some of the songs and I was like, oh, wow. Like I love her lyrics because they are like so personal and relatable, but like still the songs are bangers. Like I love songs like that, where it's like, 
fun and you can dance to it and it's like hard but also like vulnerable I like that yeah. you know duality there so I'm sure already people are feeling like that and I can't wait for people to be able to tell you in person about it that is just <laughs> I'm just like so excited for you to start touring again because I just know the shows are going to be sick and I'm very excited for you so I have a little song association game where I just like ask a question for example the first one is name a favorite song that you've covered either recorded or performed live and you just have to answer with whatever song comes to mind first iris iris yeah i honestly love that cover so much i think your voice shines like crazy on that song and it's amazing yeah that's what inspired the question of course but i didn't know if there were other songs that you had done live or anything that um you really enjoyed I used to do a cover of Edge of 17 live by Stevie Nicks. And that yeah. was like my witch goddess moment on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I was <laughs> during that song. So that one's fun to do. Oh, I'm sure. And then the next question, name a favorite song from one of your musical inspirations. That's so hard because there's so many. I'm With You is still one of the best songs written. I think yeah I think so too like in general just period yeah. it's one of the best songs ever written in the top 10, no matter who comes up with what years from now it will stay yeah. in the top 10 totally oh I love that one and then name a song that gets you hyped to play a show oh my gosh okay all of 2019 basically like uh me and my band guys will play music and we'll get pumped mm-hmm. but the one song that I always had to play was a uh, Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. She had this other one that was like, Oh, Mother's Daughter, right? Yes, Mother's Daughter. That's a classic too. Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Yep, yep. That's, oh my God, that one is so empowering. Oh, you just feel so good singing that. And then name a song you grew up listening to and still love. I mean, I guess Iris would still, could fall in that category too. But um, that entire first Katy Perry record I still love every song oh yeah still jam out to that album but I'll just say like (laughs) I kissed a girl and then the last one name an all-time favorite song Rhiannon all great answers all great answers (laughs) um and then to wrap up the episodes I like to talk about current favorites so if you have a current favorite artist that you've been listening to a ton or an album or a song that you know has sparked your interest uh feel free to plug it here I really liked the newest Pretty Reckless album. Mm, um, yeah. I listen to that one a lot. I really liked uh, Phoebe Bridgers, her album. I think it's so cool. Like that song Kyoto, I listen to all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, the Miley Cyrus Plastic Hearts album has been on loop the last okay. year. I, I love running to that song. I love doing my makeup to that song, dancing to that, uh, sorry, that whole album. There's a new artist called Lilith Czar. I think, well, she's not new, but like it's, it's kind of a new project for her. Yeah. And she just put out an album that's really cool. A lot. There's been a lot of good music that's come out recently. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. When I saw that Billy Idol was going to be on um, Miley's album, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> and yes. Crazy, crazy collabs. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I've been listening to recently. Hmm. There's actually a song called American Dream that I've been listening to a lot by this artist, Baby Queen, who I adore. I talk about her in every episode. She's like UK alt pop girl and she's amazing. Like I plug her to everyone. I'm like, guys, you need to get on this. You need to listen. Um, And then what else have I, I've been listening to a lot of like 
I don't know, like American summer movie soundtracks, like weird. Yeah, I think I'm just getting into like summer movies again. So like American Pie, Wet Hot American Summer, that kind of thing. So I'm just very ready for summer. Summer's my favorite season. So I'm like getting real into it. But yeah, nothing like crazy specific. um, But I just love that American Dream, the song that I've been listening to. I was like, oh, that's going to be perfect for this. So (laughs) yeah, so that's that's my thing. Uh, And, you know, I think think that's everything so where can we find you on social media every handle is this is diamante so that's instagram tiktok um i think facebook is like just diamante and then the only one that's different twitter is diamante band yes here and everyone go stream american dream the album and stream the rest of diamante's discography get into it so that you can see her on tour next year or maybe this fall if you're going to any of those festivals so with all of that being said this has been an episode of both sides of the barricade you can follow us on instagram at both sides of the barricade or on twitter at bsotb pod the acronym and then pod we're on facebook and this episode will be on spotify and itunes you can follow me on instagram and twitter at jtaylorldr please follow subscribe like download rate comment all of that thank you so much for listening and thank you diamante for being here this was such a wonderful conversation and i'm so glad that you were able to join us yeah thank you again so much for having me this was awesome of course all right everyone thank you for listening bye